Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Justin Grasso. And I'm Kevin McCormick. And this is a podcast dedicated to covering the Philadelphia 76ers on the Bleed Podcast Network. Kev, it's the offseason. So there's a lot of rumors going on. There's a lot of changes going on. So we'll we'll just we'll get to the most important change right now. Huge loss for the Sixers on Tuesday as their play-by-play announcer Mark Zumoff announced his retirement after 27 seasons. Incredible. 27 se- that that's me. Like that's my whole life. <laughs> Mark Zumoff has covered the Sixers my entire life. Same here and even more so. He <laughs> he's the only voice of the Sixers I've known too and it's just it's a shame because he really is like one of the best in the business from even from a fan perspective to you know as I've grown farther into the media it's just he does his job a complete 10 out of 10 whether you're in your living room or there I mean it feels like the same energy with his famous catchphrases and and the energy he brings and the way he portrays the game him and Aller are one of my favorite duos and it really is a shame that you know Sixers fans of the future aren't going to hear Mark Zumoff yeah for sure and it's even better to like being in the media and you kind of you get to meet him and just realize like wow this dude is awesome like he's just like just as awesome in real life as he is on TV and you know I mean but it's it's cool though he gets to go out on his own terms it wasn't anything like you know company has to make pay cuts and they get rid of someone big like that he goes out on his own terms and he's just going to enjoy retirement. So now NBC Sports Philly has a uh, big task over the summer. They have to find a replacement by next season. So who do you think is going to be Mark Zumoff's replacement? My initial answer would be nobody. I think Sixers games should just be set in silence because there truly is no replacing that man. I feel terrible for whoever has to step in and replace Mark Zumov going forward. But if I had to pick somebody, I think it would have to be the the next most iconic voice of the Sixers, which is Tom McGinnis. For those who have never listened to a Sixers game on the radio, highly suggested he does a phenomenal job by himself. Just same thing with his energy and the way he portrays the game without somebody to really play off of, I think is amazing. I think if you give him a bigger, you know, platform, especially with a guy like Al Adam Abbey next to him, I think he could, you know, almost to the level of Zumov carry on that torch. Yeah. I mean, speaking of energy with, with Tom McGinnis, I remember reading something funny. I can't remember where I was, it was probably like Reddit or something. And everyone was like, man, the guy who covers the the Sixers on the radio, every single shot sounds like they're winning the championship. Cause he just like, that dude is high energy. And the funny thing is like, he doesn't even seem it too. When you, he's like one of the calmest people, but he, you know, he, he gets busy with the, uh, with the play by play, but I'm going to go with the sleeper here. And some people might not know who I'm talking about. Some people might remember I'm going with Serena winners. She actually did it a couple times. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, she did it. Ago. Yeah, I think it was uh I definitely remember she covered a preseason game. Uh what what year was that? That was that was last year. 
she covered a preseason game. It was the one when uh, Simmons hit that three point shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to go with Serena winner. She, I don't think she went anywhere else since, since covering so, the Sixers for NBC Philly. And like I said, she, she's got experience doing it. I think uh, they could, they could possibly bring her back or I'm thinking maybe they do um, jeopardy style and they have a new host oh, every two weeks. I like that. Yeah. Until you find like the one. Yeah. You have like basically live auditions. That'd be pretty sick. I wouldn't hate that actually. I think it'd be interesting. I think that that's something uh, somebody somebody should try to to bring up over there at NBC. You might have to uh, you might have to send an anonymous tip to uh, NBC Sports Philly and just throw that out there. I might have to, and then throw in some candidates too. Yeah, one of, the, one of them would be McGinnis. One would be Serena Winners, and then John uh, Crook, the, just the, for the laughs. <laughs> the rest the rest will uh, fill itself out there, but. Yeah, I think that would be cool if, if they did like a Jeopardy style uh, live auditions. That'd be interesting. Either way, whoever gets in there, I mean, Philly fans are not going to like it either way. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's it, just no replacing a guy like that. Yeah, it, it's going to be miserable either way. Like everyone's going to be like, this is this is not the same. This is terrible. So I would say give the uh, the replacement a chance. But it, I mean, that's a tall task to ask Philly fans. Give people like. a chance here yeah, exactly <laughs> like oh man that's funny but um speaking of stepping down and retiring uh i, I, don't, I don't know how fans are taking this one it, it looks like they're they're actually celebrating this one but sixers were harris blitzer sports and entertainment ceo so sixer ceo and new jersey devil ceo scott o'neill is stepping down after eight seasons he's somebody that he was one of the people that kind of helped run the front office in the uh, pre Daryl Morey days. Um, So judging based on that, I'm assuming many Sixers fans are probably a little more on the excited side about this one. I would be too, after all those rumors (laughs) and reports of the front office being pulled, you know, five or six different ways between all the different voices up there. So I'm at the end of the day, we'll, we'll never really know how involved Scott O'Neill was, but if this gets, you know, one less voice out and you're giving more opportunity to guys like Daryl Moore and Elton brand to, to leave their imprint, I would say that is a big step in a positive direction. Yeah. Maybe that was part of doc rivers, uh, culture change. (laughs) He talked about it because he, again, he didn't specify what he wanted to change, but I mean, the last two years, there's been a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of people leaving that front office. Scott O'Neill becomes the next one. And it'll be interesting to see one who fills that role to how the front office moves moving forward. And the front office has its hands full this off season. There's a lot going on. Obviously the biggest thing surrounding the Sixers right now is what happens with Ben Simmons. There's obviously, I mean, from the moment the Sixers drop game seven, there's been just nonstop talk about what happens with Ben Simmons. Doc Rivers offered uncertainty on him playing point guard. Uh, The very next day, there was a bunch of Ben Simmons could get traded here. Ben Simmons could get traded there. But what happened was the Sixers front office went to Chicago for the NBA draft combine last week, and they met with um, Rich Paul, who is Ben Simmons agent and basically discussed his future. 
So what happened in that meeting, apparently the Sixers made it clear they want to continue their working relationship with Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons party did not request a trade. Now that's the latest on that. Are you buying that? It's all just GM agent talk. If we're being real here, it's all just saving face. You know, you still want to, you know, have Simmons value rather high while it did take a hit in the postseason because everyone saw that Atlanta series and his shortcomings. If he's out here saying he's disgruntled or wants out, obviously it hurts what the Sixers could do in terms of trading him and what they could get in return. Rich Paul knows that Daryl Morey knows that at the end of the day, it's a business and you, you, sometimes you just have to play ball. And I feel like that's what the Sixers are doing right now. What happens from here? I don't really know, but in terms of what's been reported so far, it feels like everything's been as expected from both sides. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obvious that the Sixers are going to look into any deal that comes across their table, which Listen, unless like you have someone that's absolutely untouchable, like Joel Embiid, who I think is the only untouchable, any good GM should field any type of calls. This is a business at the end of the day. I get it. You like players from a personal standpoint. You wish you could keep everybody on. But unless your guy is just absolutely untouchable, you field calls for any player because you just have to you have to see what's out there because you never know. Someone can give you this deal that's like ridiculous like you have to make that deal so i expect fully expect the sixers to feel calls for ben simmons and then i look at it from ben simmons point i personally don't think ben simmons would want to get traded just because one it's proven that he can pretty much just be who he is in philly do whatever he wants no one's pushing him to step out of his comfort zone which obviously i think is an issue but if you're in ben simmons shoes you don't know if you get that with the next um organization because in philly ben simmons has established himself as the team's superstar they're not going to start changing the way they handle him now they're not going to be like well listen you don't have that superstar status here anymore so you can't just do whatever you want no he has it made in philadelphia if he goes to another organization he might not have it like he has it here but from ben simmons agent standpoint he's looking at him from he's looking at it all from business so if Rich Paul starts seeing Sixers fans turning on Ben Simmons and he believes that next time he steps foot in the Wells Fargo Center and fans aren't going to be, you know, cheering for him or they're going to be booing him, they're not buying his jersey, all that. Obviously, Rich Paul is going to want Ben Simmons out of there because he's looking at it from a business standpoint. So bottom line is it's going to be a messy offseason. It's going to be filled with trade rumors. I, you know, I told you earlier, I don't think this is ending anytime soon. So get used to it. <laughs> I feel like half the league's already been reported to be in the mix for Ben Simmons. It's like every yeah. other day a new team emerges of wanting to trade for Ben Simmons or you know just being in the mix of waiting to hear if he's going to become available or not. Yeah, and then aside from Ben Simmons, you look over in the Western Conference, the Portland Trailblazers have their hands full with Damian Lillard. So that all started, obviously, when they lost the first round of the playoffs, everyone's thinking – Damian Lillard can't stay there, you know, whatnot. But he's obviously proven himself to be extremely loyal to Portland. Uh, he said he doesn't want to just leave that situation to go join a super team, which 
at this point, I think, you know, if players look at their situation, they should just get over that whole super team thing and just join it. If you want to win a ring, because that's the direction the NBA is going. It's super teams. Like you have to win with a super team. It is what it is. But anyway, so the Blazers fire Terry Stotts. They go on a coaching, you know, coaching interviews or, and whatnot. And they, they hired Chauncey Billups. So obviously that received backlash because of what happened in 97, which to be honest, I never heard of that until literally last week. So that's kind of crazy. And a lot of the backlash obviously kind of went to uh, Damian Lillard because he obviously was okay with them hiring Chauncey Billups. He claimed that he didn't know that uh, that all happened. You know what? It's all just, you know, he said, she said stuff. So he took a lot of heat for that decision. And then a report came out that the Blazers could potentially end up pushing Damian Lillard out because one, he's taking heat from their fan base Two, he reportedly did not consider, or he didn't suggest Chauncey Billups when the Blazers asked him. And he just simply apparently doesn't believe that they're building a championship contending team around him so it's a mess over there in portland to say the least big time and if you're them how do you not go to damian lillard and essentially just say who do you want to be the head coach and and we'll go get him like it's just i don't you have this superstar who has been so incredibly loyal to your organization despite being a small market despite being all the shortcomings despite his you know huge rise to fame it feels like it feels so long ago when Damian Lillard was screaming to the masses that he was underrated and should be on these all-star teams so now he's one of the most you know mainstream and recognizable figures in the league and you fire one coach and you're not going to him who is the face of your franchise might be the best player in the history of your organization and is locked up long term and say who do you want to be your head coach and and go from there? And I agree with you with the whole super team thing. Credit to Damian Lillard. He has tried so hard to build a winner in Portland, and it really feels like he does want to win there. But, you know, the writing's on the wall that they're struggling to put that team around him. And if opportunity comes elsewhere to cement your legacy and win some championships and, you know, secure your spot in the Hall of Fame and upper echelon of stars – you, you got to go and do it. It's just, like you said, it's the way of the, the way the league is going now is super teams, even though they've been around for forever, just the, the teaming up aspect of it has grown more in today's timeline of the NBA, but yeah, it definitely, it looks bad. And we really could finally see the Damian Lillard trade that I feel like has been rumbling for like three years now. Yeah. So there's a report out there that came out, to on Tuesday, I believe, from uh, Brian Winhurst. He said that Lillard hasn't requested a trade. So obviously, you know, we, we take that we take that with a grain of salt because you know not everybody knows what's going on directly behind the scenes. So I the thing is I consider the first source, which is Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, he's the one who kind of put out that report that was saying the Blazers could push Damian Lillard out there. Now, I don't know how how much everybody pays attention to who reports what, but I think Chris Haynes reporting Damian Lillard news is as concrete as it gets because I'd go as far as saying that Damian Lillard, like Chris Haynes is probably the closest to Damian Lillard 
out of anybody in the national sports media side. So Chris Haynes putting that out is very, I'm not saying it came directly from Lillard and his camp, but it's telling like who the source is for that. So I think it's trending more towards Damian Lillard's time in Portland is going to come to a close. It's, it's kind of becoming inevitable at this point. And obviously with the situation going on in Philly, many want to see the Sixers reach out to the trailblazers and see what they can do to get Damian Lillard in Philly matched up with Joel Embiid. Obviously that's going to have to be a package centered around Ben Simmons. Cause you need to send out a star to get a star. So where are you kind of at on, on that happening? As much as I am a fan of Ben Simmons and I, I still stand pat in saying that the Sixers made the right move, not trading him for Harden. If Damian Lillard becomes available, you pretty much have to do whatever you can to get him. We're talking about a potential Lillard and Bede pairing where they're both in their, their prime seasons. They are two of the, you know, the most offensive, you know, juggernaut type players in the league. They would be day one, arguably a top three to four offensive duo in the league. And just the attention that they both draw, it really doesn't even matter what three other players are on the court with them. They're going to get wins for your team. They're going to be a title favorite. So as much as a hard as it goodbyes, it would be for Ben Simmons. And you'd likely have to throw Tyrese Maxey in that deal as well. When you have a chance to put two players like Lillard and Embiid together, you pretty much have to do whatever you can to get it done. Yeah. You're, you're one getting rid of your all-star. That's a guarantee. You're getting rid of Ben Simmons, probably getting rid of Tyrese Maxey, which is unfortunate for the Sixers, obviously, because it looks like he has a lot of upside. Probably giving up some picks, maybe giving up Matisse Thibault. It's a lot. It's going to be a lot. And just looking at it, it's going to sting from a Sixers standpoint. Absolutely. But you go all – listen, this – Joel Embiid, I, I, hope, I hope he has a long and successful career, but the amount of injuries that that guy has suffered since college – is telling like this is the time is now he was MVP caliber this past season. This is his peak. You need to capitalize. Now it is not easy to win one championship in the NBA, right? So when you have an opportunity, you have to go all in, you have to do the Lakers did it. The Lakers had a lot of young talent. I know everyone thinks Lonzo ball stinks and uh, Brandon Ingram stinks. None of that is true but they had to get rid of guys like that to bring in Anthony Davis so they could go all in for that championship. And it paid off. I get it. LeBron is LeBron, but still LeBron said, I need another, another big time established star. Get me Anthony Davis, do what you got to do to get it. The Lakers didn't think about, you know, five years down the line with that. They said, okay, we want to win. Now they go out, they get Anthony Davis. They win that very season. Sixers have to have that same mindset. They have to say, okay, Ben Simmons, isn't winning you a championship. Clearly, we've seen that already. Tyrese Maxey has not won you a championship. Matisse Thibault is not winning you a championship. So it's time to shake this up. It's time. If you can get Damian Lillard, who's also hungry for a championship, you get that guy and pair him with Joel Embiid. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you need someone to come through for you in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, locking in the first seed was great and all, but they still came up short. You need someone to come in and win you playoff games. Right now, Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibault, Tyrese Maxey, they're not doing that for you. So bring in Dame time. 
bring them in. Not to mention Damian Lillard fits pretty much everything that the Sixers needed against the Atlanta Hawks. He yeah. gives you shot creation, a scoring point guard. He is he lives for the big moments. I mean, if we're talking last three minutes of a playoff game, what better player do you want on the floor with Joel Embiid than Damian Lillard? He's a guy who you can put the ball in his hands and he will will a team to victory on more than one occasion. We've seen it multiple times. We saw the performance he put on against Denver in the first round to to help, you know, in the big moments. So I agree. If he becomes available, you pretty much have to do whatever you can to get it done. A big three of Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, and Tobias Harris is dominant, to say the least. I mean, we're talking two guys who could really be in the MVP conversation and an all-star caliber player who is coming off a career year who are all locked up for the long term. So it's not even one of those situations where – the whole Harden thing was his deals up in two years. You don't know what's going to happen long-term. You have those three guys all locked up for multiple seasons. So as much as I agree with you of striking while the iron's hot, the window is also open a little bit because you have these guys under control for multiple seasons. So, uh, I mean, Daryl was in the mix for Harden for Lowry up until the very end. I truly believe that if Lillard becomes available, he's going to be the last man standing and get it done. Yeah. And I like how you bring up the Harden thing too. Just, just so we can refresh everybody's minds how that went down. Because I constantly see uh, Sixers should have traded for Harden. They were scared to pull the trigger because Ben Simmons – listen, the Sixers were never getting James Harden because Houston was never trading him. The Sixers were willing to go all in for James Harden. That is Daryl Morey's guy. Everyone has to understand that. Is that – well, one, I look at that Houston situation – Harden was always untouchable, obviously. And he was going to do, Daryl Morey was going to do whatever he could to bring James Harden to Philly. But he was also willing to get rid of some key stars to try and put Harden in a better situation. Remember Chris Paul? Does everyone, everyone knows how good Chris Paul is, right? As good as he is, Daryl Morey said, I got to move this guy because it's not working with James Harden. So you don't think Daryl Morey wants to move Ben Simmons? Listen, if, Damian Lillard becomes available. I, I truly believe Daryl Morey gets the deal done. Yeah, I, I think the that Sixers they, are going to have one of the best packages. They, ha- they have to have the best with package. Ben Simmons, with Tyrese Maxey, with Matisse Thibel and picks. You have an all star caliber guy who, yeah, his value was shot a little bit, still an all star player, best defender in the league. You're getting two of the best perimeter defenders in the league in Thibel and Simmons, and a point guard with limitless potential in Tyrese Maxey. So with those three, and, and probably picks, picks too. Yeah, yeah, I really don't see another team outbidding what Daryl Morey could put on the table for a guy like Damian Lillard. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that unless Portland has some some kind of pettiness <laughs> like Houston did against Daryl Morey, I think that the Sixers can get that done. Again, it all comes down to does Portland want to move on from Damian Lillard? And I'm assuming if it gets to that point where they're going to start negotiating deals and whatnot i'm assuming portland will do damian lillard a solid and kind of allow him to have some say mm-hmm. um I, I mean maybe maybe not apparently they didn't let him have any say in who the next head <laughs> coach is which again that's one of those things where that could be a situation where they're kind of saving face and saying well no this was the organization's decision not dames don't get on him about it but we don't know um but I'm assuming Portland, if it gets to that point, they'll say, you know, where do you kind of want to go? And that kind of becomes an issue because obviously Philly's not always uh, someone's first choice. 
it's always the LA's, the New York's and sometimes Miami apparently. So you kind of have to deal with that as well. But I mean, if, if Lillard's willing to go to Philly and Daryl, I mean, Daryl Morey's going to be open for business regardless. That has to happen. Like that just has to happen. And I don't see why Lillard would want to go to a New York. I don't see the Lakers being able to, to get a deal done. Why not? Why would Lillard not want to come play with a dominant center like Joel Embiid who's coming off an MVP season himself with this is where, you know, bringing in the reputation of guys like Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers pays off because as we know, Doc Rivers, Hall of Fame caliber coach, Daryl Morey, known for being a stud GM who does whatever he can to put his teams in the best position to win a title. You pair Lillard with Embiid. I mean, I feel like this is a very strong situation. There's a lot of notable names, a lot of notable faces to where if he put a list of teams out, I could see the Sixers being near the top of that list for Damian Lillard. I think this this is where the Sixers kind of have an advantage in this situation because there are players that, I mean, what was it? Free agency a couple years ago. I think Kawhi was a free agent. KD was a free agent. Kyrie Irving was a free agent. The Sixers had the money to sign all of those guys, and they didn't even consider Philadelphia. Like, they knew exactly where they wanted to – Kawhi wanted to be out in L.A. Kyrie and KD wanted to be somewhere in New York. So the Sixers kind of lucked out there just because of their location, which is unfortunate. But, again, that's something that happens in the NBA. Dame Lillard, the way that he has handled everything up until this point – doesn't strike me as the guy that's going to be like that. He doesn't strike me as the guy that's like, get me to get me to Madison square garden, get me mm-hmm. to Staples center. Like he seems like the type that's like, I just want to hoop. That's it. Put me on a team that's going to win a championship or that can, that has a chance at winning the championship. Then I'll go and play there. I agree. Plus if he wants to be loved and adored and be around a loyal fan base, what better place than Philly? If Damian Lillard came to Philly, I honestly believe the Wells Fargo Center crowd would give him a standing ovation on a nightly basis. Like every time he did something, this would be a fan base that would fight tooth and nail for him no matter what. Same thing they do for Embiid. So if he really is looking for that that complete package of successful situation, like strong fan base, it, it really is all here as much as you know the stars might have not aligned for previous things this feels like something where everything is lining up perfectly for the Sixers yeah I mean it's Damian Lillard anywhere he goes he's gonna like be celebrated because like he really just is one of those players that's like I don't know anybody who hates Damian Lillard Mm -hmm. I could go out right now and be like ask 10 people how they feel about LeBron James and I bet half of them hate him (laughs) <laughs> if I go out and ask 10 people about Damian Lillard, just be like, yeah, he's cool, man. He's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be loved anywhere he goes. Obviously, Philly wants a star. They're starved for another star that's, like, just willing to do whatever it takes to win. Dame is that guy. I mean, it's, it's kind of like – it would be kind of like when they got Jimmy Butler. That's the guy that you give the ball to at the end of the game, and he's confident to shoot anywhere on the court and will – win the game like with somebody in his face will shoot a three and we'll win the game Dame will do that so yeah I mean Philly would love Dame Lillard it just all comes down to does Dame want to be traded is Portland going to do that uh do they like what the Sixers can offer so that's that getting off of that um 
we we talked about losses for the Sixers. They lost their CEO. They lose their play-by-play announcer. Now they could potentially lose one of their key assistant coaches, Sam Cassell. Um, it was reported on Tuesday that he interviewed for the Washington Wizards position. That's somewhere that he actually got his coaching start with the Wizards. I think it was 2009, I believe. He um, he started with the Wizards before joining Doc Rivers in L.A. and then moving to Philly. So we talked about this, how we were both surprised that Sam Cassell hasn't had more head coaching offers. I mean, he kind of had some interest from Boston. Obviously, they went with Ime Adoka. Um, but if the Sixers lose Sam Cassell, that's that's pretty notable, especially after a rough season like this or a rough ending. Sorry. It'll be a huge loss. I've said it on multiple episodes that now that we've hit the offseason, Sam Cassell needs to be hidden in the mountain somewhere because he is just too valuable to the operation here. I fully 100% believe that he should be a head coach in the NBA. I think he's more than capable. He's well-respected across the league. Doc Rivers has said nothing but glowing things about him all throughout this season. And I just don't want him to leave this staff. He brings so much. We've heard Ben Simmons talk about him endlessly of what he's done for that relationship. So if you want to keep Ben Simmons around, keeping Sam Cassell around is extremely crucial, not to mention for young guards like Tyrese Maxey, like Shake Milton, like maybe a potential guard that they draft in the first round uh, in this upcoming draft. So losing Sam Cassell, would, it would be a tough goodbye, but extremely well-deserved. Yeah, if you if the Sixers lose Sam Cassell, they I always speculated that this season there was kind of like a good cop bad cop situation going on with the coaches, <laughs> and it always seemed like Doc plays the good cop and Sam plays the bad cop. Which sometimes you need the bad cop, you need the guy that's gonna you know get up, yell at players, and like like I said, I, I pointed it out with uh, what was it, Game Six, critical Game Six, do or die against the Hawks on the road. Sam Cassell is the guy that's off the bench clapping in players' faces, getting in their face, like telling them this isn't over. Like, cause they were trailed. They looked bad. They looked down in, in the first quarter and Sam's in every single player's face. Like, let's go, like get your head in the game. This isn't over. Like this just started. Like there's no other coach on that staff that's getting up and doing that. So the little things that he brings to the table is so important to the Sixers. And listen, man, his time it's his time. Like it's Sam Cassell's time to get a head coaching job. It's unfortunate. The Sixers are probably going to lose. I mean, I didn't really hear of anything else that Washington's doing. Um, obviously he already has familiarity there. He's, I mean, he was praised by uh, John wall mm-hmm. when he left. So I, I think this is the end for Sam Cassell with the Sixers. It's going to be one, one and done. He's going to get a head coaching job. If not in Washington, he'll get one somewhere else. Cause like he, he deserves it at this point. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those it's not if, it's when kind of things. And you bring it up the John Wall thing, even though they've split up, John Wall and Bradley Beal are still extremely tight. Bradley Beal is still very fond of John Wall. He considers him a friend. I believe uh, he was in his wedding. Like, that's how tight they are as friends. So if that's how strongly John Wall felt about Sam Cassell, it's definitely something he's relayed to Brad. And if he is still, you know – wants to stay long-term in Washington and they're letting him pick out his coach. I, it wouldn't shock me if Sam Cassell is on top of his list. 
Definitely. And then that would be key too, and kind of maybe keeping Bradley Beal on board, who's mm-hmm. another name that's kind of yeah. in these trade rooms. Although I don't I don't think Brad Beal's headed anywhere. Not yet, at least. Yeah, I think he's he's pretty set on on staying in Washington. He's kind of got that uh that uh Damian Lillard thing going on there. But um so before we close this out, something big happened this week. Um the <laughs> Spotted courtside game what was that three now game yeah. three at the Atlanta Hawks game was a member of the 76ers. Dwight Howard had everybody freaking out on. I don't even know what night that was now. Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it might've been. All right. So Sunday Dwight Howard sitting courtside in Atlanta. Everyone's freaking out. So I obviously wrote about this. And basically my point was, listen, the guy is, first of all, born in Atlanta, from Atlanta. So most likely grew up a Hawks fan. He still lives in Atlanta. He has a huge mansion in Atlanta. So clearly spending his off seasons there. I don't see any issue with a player attending a basketball game in his city during the off season. I get it. It, it looks bad because the Sixers just lost to the Hawks like seven days ago. But I kind of want to hear your take on this because everyone's freaking out about it on social media. It's completely blown out of proportion. Yes, I agree the tone might not look the best because Atlanta had just eliminated the Sixers. But who cares? It's the White Howard. It's not like Joel Embiid is courtside in Atlanta watching the Eastern Conference Finals. And to take it a step further, now that the Sixers season's over, Dwight Howard's technically a free agent. He has no affiliation to any team. So he is just a free agent NBA player courtside at a game in his hometown where he grew up, likely, you know, cheering for the Hawks. So who really cares? I don't understand why everyone is so bent out of shape. I mean, I, I feel like part of it's just because of how loved Dwight Howard was here. People feel that there's some extreme loyalty there, even though he was only here for one season. But at the end of the day, I, I agree with you. Who really cares? He, you know, it's his off season. He is free to do whatever he pleases, whether if it's, you know, train 24 seven or take a vacation or spend time in your hometown, like he was doing. It's just, I don't understand why everyone is so wrapped up in it. So bent out of shape because in reality, it, it truly means nothing. He was just a guy at a game. Not only that he spent, I mean, when was the first time you you reported it that he said something like, "I it would be a dream come true yeah, to yeah. return to the Sixers"? That was months ago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he said it on multiple occasions. Yes, I'd love to come back to Philly. I love it here. I love the fans here. This that blah blah. So why why is everyone so insecure and bent out of shape about this? Like the guy literally says, "I'd like to return to Philly." Then he attends a basketball game, and now it's. Dwight Howard's a traitor, FM, blah, blah, blah. He was here, like you said, one season. And let's let's not forget, like, he loved L.A. when he was out there, too. Remember, everyone thought he signed again. He thought he signed again. I'm coming home. And he was yeah. all excited about that. Like, listen, he's just like, he just likes where he's at. He has a good time. That is what it is. Not only that, I, I don't know if he actually said this. I swore he said this one time before or during – the Hawks series. He said something like, yes, this is, this is a rivalry because you know, it's my hometown and I used to play for the Hawks at a point. And he said something like, you know, 
but at the end of the day, we're all friends. Like these guys are, are my friends or whatever. This is one of those moments that fans just need to like realize players don't hate each other the way you guys hate players on yeah. social media. They are friends at the end of like, yeah, sure. There's some beefs like there always is, but many players in pro sports, not even just in the NBA and pro sports are friends. Like they're dapping it up after the games. Like there was a point during, I want to say game seven could have been game five in Philly when Trey young sucks chance were going on. And Dwight Howard is, he was on the bench and he was kind of leading the charge. Like, like, yeah, let like Trey young sucks. And I watched Trey young as I was going down and Trey looked at Dwight and kind of gave him like a shrug. Like what the hell dude, like <laughs> laughing about it. And Dwight starts laughing at him and they're, they're laughing about Trey young sucks chance. Like that shows you two people that don't hate each other. Like it's all fun in games. Like at the end of the day, this is sports. Dwight Howard's not going to go to a, a Hawks game and, and heckle people. Like, of course he's going to be like, I'm watching my friends play basketball. Cause at the end of the day, they're all friends. Right. You hear former players talk about it all the time of the NBA being a brotherhood or Al Abdenabi always calls it a fraternity of the NBA yeah. players. It's just, it's how they view it. They're all just on, on this high level together. And while they're all players, newsflash, they're big fans of the game too. So now that Dwight Howard's in his offseason, maybe he just wanted to watch some good basketball. Like it, it's truly like it's so blatantly obvious that I can't believe we even have to take the time to have a conversation like this. Basketball players seen at basketball game. Like, <laughs> Literally. What? That's, that's really, if you strip down everything, that's what it comes down to. Basketball player at basketball game. Who cares? Really? Who cares? It's, it's just one of those things where I think fans need to kind of like take a step back and understand like, they're because, human too. They have yeah, lives. They're, they're human. They like, like you say, they're basketball player attends basketball. Like they want to watch hoops just like the rest of right. us. So if Dwight Howard is sitting on his couch in his, you know, multi-million dollar mansion in Atlanta, and he just so happens to post up a picture of watching the Hawks versus the Bucks on TV, is he a traitor for that too? Like, shoot, if I could go sit courtside at right. <laughs> of i don't know some team i hate i don't really hate any team but like i you know if i had the opportunity to go sit courtside at that game of two teams i don't really care about and the conference finals like i'm still gonna go all right so dallas cowboys i don't want to attend a dallas cowboys game but if someone gives me like tickets to a dallas cowboys versus washington football team and i get to sit front row like i'm going to go to that game yeah like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's sports like why, why people can enjoy sports i don't know apparently they can't yeah it's, <laughs> no i don't, I don't no. know and you also just need to account at the end of the day it, it's philly we can't have nice things of course fans are going to get in a tizzy about everything just because it's what we do i feel like the bitterness of the game seven loss might still be apparent but yeah i don't get I think, why I mean, the bitterness of game seven loss against toronto a few years ago is still talked about true but yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, Dwight Howard could resign with the Sixers the second free agency begins and like none of it would matter whatsoever. Everyone got all bent out of shape about nothing. It's just, it, it's mind boggling to be honest. Or he can announce that he's signing and then an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally reroute and go somewhere else. 
Now, if he signs with the Hawks next year, maybe it'll sting a little more. But if if that happens, it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious, and he would definitely not. Oh my god, it would be people would freak out. Mm-hmm. I think people would lose their minds. Like the way Dwight Howard is received in every NBA city, which is not good. Like NBA teams hate Dwight Howard, <laughs> which I I still don't really get why. I'm not really sure. He's such a fun loving person. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he did. I'm not, I'm not sure. But everywhere he goes, like people hate Dwight Howard. Like even in Atlanta, when he was at the game as a part, as a member of the Sixers, like people were like, mm-hmm. "F this dude." Same right. thing in Orlando. Like Orlando, he had such good years in Orlando, but Orlando does not to the welcome him back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. It's weird, but I think. For sure, if Dwight Howard were to join the Hawks, I think he'd be he'd be received like that. But um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll wrap up there. We'll end that with uh, Dwight Howard being a huge traitor for the, <laughs> for the to the Sixers. Um, obviously, the the draft is coming up. So, Kev, you're rolling out Sixers draft profiles that started yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. So, if you want. All the draft coverage. We're going to have tons of stories leading up to the big event next month. So if you want to check those out, follow Kev on Twitter. Drop that handle. At KevinMCCNBA. And mine is at JGrasso underscore. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube